0: Hello, welcome to episode 3 of my series on uh, manipulation, propaganda, brainwashing. Today we're going to be talking about brainwashing uh, proper. Is is brainwashing really even a thing? Well, in, 19, in the 1980s, according to the, uh, the American Psychiatric Association, uh, they included uh, brainwashing under their dissociative disorders in their uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, Volume 3. So, they at one time believed brainwashing, the term, was actually a thing. Today, uh, maybe not so much. Uh, I don't know if they, I read somewhere that they've removed the term. Maybe they've just changed the definition. Um, talking about definitions, let's, uh, let's read some definitions here. Uh, according to Webster's, brainwashing is a forcible indoctrination to induce someone to give up basic political, social, or religious beliefs and attitudes to accept contrasting regimented ideas. I don't see why it has to be regimented or even contrasting so long as they're different. I mean, if you're going to brainwash somebody, do you want to brainwash them to the opposite views that they happen to have? Why wouldn't you want to brainwash them to something that is closer to what you want them to believe? It may not be the exact opposite of what they're believing. It might be somewhere just a little bit off to the side, but that's the Webster that's the Webster's definition. Uh huh. And that sounds like pretty much any modern university. (laughs) So uh, let's take a look at the uh, wiki definition of brainwashing. It's the concept that the human mind can be altered or controlled by certain psychological techniques. Brainwashing is said to reduce its subject's ability to think critically. Okay, that's a big one. Brainwashing is said, by who? I don't know. But brainwashing is said... To reduce its subject's ability to think critically or independently. So it's, it's funny how they worded that, its subjects. So there's a manipulator here. So the manipulator's target is obviously what they're saying. <laughs> so brainwashing is said to reduce its subjects. So the subject of brainwashing is ability to think critically or independently. To allow the introduction of new... So if new unwanted thoughts and ideas into their minds, as well as to change their attitudes, values, and beliefs. Okay, I want to go over this again. So it's to allow the introduction of new, comma, unwanted thoughts and ideas into their, the target's minds, as well as to change their attitudes, the target's attitudes, values, and beliefs. That's the wiki definition. So to sum that up, to reduce the subject's ability to think critically, to introduce new ideas into their minds, and to change their attitudes, values, and beliefs. So now, I don't know about this unwanted thoughts. So to introduce unwanted thoughts. who's to say if the thoughts are wanted or not wanted the point of brainwashing is to make people want the thoughts so this i don't agree with this definition it's to introduce new unwanted thoughts well who's wanting here the the target because the point is to make the target want these thoughts and the point is you know the the manipulator also wants these thoughts, though I don't know who doesn't want these thoughts. You know, it's against the subjects, so the targets will perhaps, maybe the target is willing, but it's still, you know, I'm, I'm not keen on these how they're defining it here. But if you uh, if you check with the with the internet lately, uh, even uh, on official sites like in the Smithsonian, they're trying to uh, debunk brainwashing. So I don't know what definition they're actually going by. When they took my watch off, it keeps turning on. I don't know what definition they're going by uh, when they say brainwashing isn't isn't a thing, or they they sort of the way they word it is, you know, uh, you know, you have to go to their site and read it for yourself, read their articles. But uh, it's funny how they they word it to not really discredit it, but say it's not really not really a thing. Uh, but I'm gonna let you decide. So. Um, Maybe I'll input my my opinion here, but uh, here's what the uh, the field manual. Uh, it's a field manual of psychological operations prepared under the direction of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, I can't remember when this was. I think this was uh, 2013. I can't remember. Um, its psychological operations also known as psyops so psyops and brainwashing you know two different terms but let's see what their manual is on psyops psychological operations are planned operations to convey selected information and indicators to target audiences to influence the emotions the motives objective reasoning and ultimately the behavior of the target audience. So this is from a field manual, a manual on, on uh, to convey selected information and indicators. So these indicators are indicating to the target audience um, to influence the emotions, so they're influencing the emotions, the motives, they're influencing the objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of the target. This is what the field manual of psychological operations prepared under the direction of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff says. Now, people will debunk brainwashing. Let's go back to what Wiki says brainwashing is. So, the manual is... Go back to the manual. It's to influence the emotions, motives, objective reasoning, and behavior of the target. According to Wiki, uh, it's to reduce the ability subject to think critically. Okay, objective reasoning, critical thinking, same thing, maybe. Uh, it's to change their attitudes, values, and beliefs. Um, PSYOPs is to influence emotions, motives, objective reasoning, and the behavior of the target. So you could argue semantics and say, these are two different things, but they're pretty damn close. So if somebody says brainwashing, isn't real, it depends that you ask them to define it. What definition are you going by? All right, let's go through some more, uh, definitions, um, indoctrination, indoctrination is the process of inculcating a person with ideas, attitudes, hold on, maybe I'll stop right there. Let's go through the definition of inculcating inculcate. That's a, that's a funky word. It's to impress something upon the mind of another by frequent instruction or repetition to instill. So you're impressing something on the mind of another person by frequent instruction or repetition. So if you're going to say something over and over and over again, to impress something on their mind, you are inculcating something to that person. Uh, It's to teach others, not yourself, I guess. So it's not like you're teaching yourself something, but to teach others, So this is still in the definition of inculcating is to teach others by frequent instruction or repetition to indoctrinate, to impress by frequent admonitions or by forcible statement or argument and force or stamp upon the mind. This is getting darker the deeper we go into inculcating so it's to impress by frequent admonitions or by forcible statements or argument to enforce or stamp upon their mind jeez that's inculcating now let's go back to indoctrination indoctrination is the process of inculcating a person with ideas attitudes cognitive strategies or professional methodologies? So they're going to frequently admon- admonition, admon- impressed by frequent admonitions and forcible statements or arguments to enforce upon your mind, to stamp upon your mind those professional methodologies. <laughs> it's, yeah, man, that's okay. Nor nowhere, nowhere does this definition say they're going to impress the truth or teach you the truth. Uh, it's just ideas, attitudes, and cognitive strategies. So indoctrination is the process of inculcating a person with ideas, attitudes, cognitive strategies, or professional methodologies. So if you're going to indoctrinate somebody, if that word exists and it means something and, and that thing actually happens... That's pretty close to brainwashing, I would say. You know, that's a pretty good definition to, to uh, impress by frequent admonitions or by forcible statement or argument to enforce or stamp upon their mind <laughs> uh, new ideas, attitudes, and cognitive strategies, ways of thinking, Hmm, sounds like schemata. So if they're impressing upon you, uh, forcibly, uh, new cognitive strategies uh, or professional methodologies. So we'll smoothen that out there with professional methodologies, make it seem all nice and round. Um, <laughs> wow, man. So they're not, They don't, again, they don't say anywhere that it's, they're impressing the truth or teaching the truth or anything factual to somebody. It's just ideas, attitudes, cognitive strategies. Maybe they're not the best strategies, they're just strategies that they're forcing upon you. And professional methodologies, which is just the way that that perfection or that group of people do things. So you're a professional, all that means is you're making money by doing that thing. That you're a professional, oh yeah. You make money by doing that. I'm a professional prostitute, I sell my body. So does that make them, does that make them, you know, a word of, you know, a voice of wisdom because they're a professional, you know, we got to be careful with these words. These words have a lot of associated meaning with them. We say, oh, that they're a professional. That seems like, oh, that's a good thing. Maybe not professional prostitute, professional, you know, slimy salesman, you know, that's trying to uh, sell you, you know, your some you know, a house you don't need, you know, or, or the wrong house, knowing there's all kinds of stuff or trying to say, oh, you're the neighbor's backyard is included in the deal. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll rip you off a few, a few, few hundred thousand dollars more by fooling you into thinking, you know, crazy. Anyways, so uh, I'm talking about realtor, realtors, real estate people. I used to work in real estate for a short period of time. They're not my favorite people. Not to say that I'm a really moral person. I do have limits. And I don't think those people do. Okay, so uh, more definitions here. Let's look up uh, misinformation versus dis- disinformation. Now, the reason why I'm giving you some of these definitions, because definitions are a great way to to learn, uh, especially if we're going to be using the words later on. If you're not using the same definitions, you might get lost. I might get lost. I, mean, I don't know, but uh, we'll, we'll probably be using these words later on. So, misinformation. So you think what's misinformation, and what's disinformation? Well, misinformation is a mistake. So you've been mistaken. Uh, you've got uh, you've got you've got information wrong. You either heard it wrong, or somebody misspoke. Misspoke. You it was a mistake. You honestly. Are conveying information that you believe to be true, that is misinformation. You've been misinformed. Disinformation is intentionally uh, disseminating, uh, deliberately disseminating dis disinformation, disseminating deliberately false information, uh, intentionally spreading wrong information. It comes into English from the. Uh, the Soviet, or the Russian, used disinformatia. Uh, probably not pronouncing that right. Disinformatia. You know, the, the, the they would. Uh, I think it was actually Lenin. I don't know. One of those crazy pricks uh, came up with the term. Try to make it sound uh, French. I think they thought. I don't know. But uh, yeah, disinformatia. So it's the intentional dissemination of. False information, it's knowingly trying to mislead people by giving them information that you know or the manipulator knows is false. So the manipulator is intentionally giving the target false information. That is disinformation. Misinformation is when you're telling a story that you misheard or somebody told you, you know, whatever, so you believe what your friend said. Maybe you heard it right and they misheard it and you repeat that message. That's misinformation. Misinformation. So it's not... You're not intentionally spreading false information. So that's the difference between misinformation and disinformation. And you uh, you might come across that. So it's good to know the difference because intention is everything. Okay. Okay. So I guess just uh, going by our... Uh, Just going by these definitions that we've gone over, um, things that you can watch out for to protect yourself from brainwashing is to watch for people who are uh, giving you uh, distorted information, Um, somebody who's trying to influence, yeah, let's go by the definitions, somebody who's trying to influence your attitude. If you if you if you realize somebody's they're trying to influence your attitude, your behavior, to obtain your compliance, to try to to convince you of something, uh, if they're using propaganda, misinformation, well, I guess if they're using misinformation intentionally, it would be disinformation. Um, so if they try to polarize you, uh, your opinion, uh, try to affect your political will, these are all. Uh, tactics used by people who intentionally are trying to mislead you. Now, it could be for political reasons. It could be for whatever. Um, I can't remember what president was. Eisenhower, maybe. One of them said, you can't go to war without public support, right? Well, the public usually doesn't want to go to war. Who wants war? The only people who want war the military industrial complex, people making money from it. Nobody else. Who else wants war, right? Yeah, so be careful in school uh, or, or anywhere or in business. If you're working for somebody and they're trying to tell you, or at school especially, they're trying to tell you uh, what to think instead of how to think. You know, if if you, if you join a political party and they're saying, this is what we believe, this is, you know, we, you, this is what you believe. No, no, you could say, what well, that's what I believe, like them but don't tell me what I believe, but, uh, anyways, you watch for people trying to tell you what to think not how to think, you know, just give me the facts. Let me make my own decision. That's the thing. I want to treat people like children. Okay. Getting back to the meat and potatoes of brainwashing. Um, I think if I get like, uh, five or six views, if I get anybody watching this, maybe, or any feedback, uh, from my two followers or whatever it is Uh, maybe we'll uh, go into conversion techniques but uh, yeah well I'll I'll give a brief summary of of the 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 techniques to watch out for for brainwashing so these this is these are the techniques that people will use to brainwash you or brainwash other people or you know whatever so a brief summary Here it is. I got a list. I wrote down a list. A summary uh, of techniques used to brainwash somebody. Number one, whatever works. Uh, We all respond differently. All humans are unique. We all respond differently to different stimuli. So you can't use the same technique on everybody. So they'll just try whatever works. And if they notice something starts working, then they'll continue doing that. So Uh, the details of what they use are um this is pretty common knowledge stuff i guess so they'll appeal to a higher purpose uh, a higher intellect you know appeal to your intellect appeal to a higher social value appear to a higher spiritual value um To try to think, you know, like, oh, you know, there's some more things that are more important than you, you know, a higher purpose. You have a you have a destiny. Your destiny is to give me money, you know, or or to your intellect. You know, to try to, oh, you'll be really smart. You know, you want to join Mensa? Yeah, we're going to give you a test, and and then we're going to make you pay for a card to say that you're smart. So, yeah, if you're really smart, you're going to pay us for a card to say that you're smart. That's how smart you are. (laughs) So, if anybody walks around with a Mensa card, you know they're an idiot because they fell for it. I don't know if that's, you know, if Mensa's a total scam or not, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) You <laughs> really, why would you want to pay to have a card to say that you're smart? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anyways, so, uh, yeah, social value, you know, or, or spiritual value, you know, who kumbaya kind of stuff, right? Um, they, uh, they, they usually use absolute authority. We are the authority. We are the experts. Science says this, even though science doesn't say that. You know, science is very open real science science is questions it's not answers questions trying to find answers a lot of people are just duped and it's like oh it's the dogma oh it's like it's just like the bible and religions all over again now humans will never learn well some do okay so absolute authority that's another technique that's used oh this is god has made it so or you know the, our, our experts have said this is so or whatever, you know. So another thing they use is breaking sessions. We could talk about uh, later on. Uh, they try to change your values. They use confession. Confession is a really good technique. There's a lot of things that come out of that. We could talk about that. Uh, diet control, sleep deprivation, physical, mental exertion, engagement, things to keep you busy, uh, cognitive load to, to not let you think about other things. You're too consumed by other things to actually think about questioning things um they use these are the weird ones they use trance art singing repetitive work chanting like I think in New Zealand it's illegal for people to chant like they do in North America and the churches and stuff you know and with you all this kind of stuff that does something psychologically to people or at least the Kiwis beliefs believe it does and so I was told and uh and uh, they've banned it because it's uh it's a form of brainwashing, chanting. And, and you hear a lot of uh, rallies. They try to get people to chant. That's not a good sign when you hear people chanting en masse. You know, sports, right? They do that, but usually just for fun. But it's not like they're yelling, buy our jerseys, buy our jerseys. You never know, right? Who knows? But uh, So isolation, definitely isolation. They try to isolate you from a lot of things, uh, people, you know, or, or, you know, conflicting information and depending on the level of, of, you know, control they have over you, they'll attack your self-esteem. You're too stupid. You don't know. We know we're the experts. What do you know? Who are you? Right. You're just a so-and-so you're just, you're nothing, right. They'll attack your self-esteem. Uh, you know, what makes them any fucking better, right? They're just, there's idiots trying to, in fact, they're way worse than you because they're trying to. <laughs> manipulate you, so they're a scum. They're the lowest of the low. Who they? Who are they to say? All right. So uh, they also blow things out of proportion, uh, distract you from other elements, um, try to polarize you. I think we talked about it before. To try to polarize your views. You know, the 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 real world is you know a, a continuum. There there's black and there's white and there's a whole lot of gray in between. You know, so black is valid, white is valid, and all the gray in between is valid. But there's a hell of a lot more. There's infinite gray, and there's only one black and one white. So, you know, it's, there's a lot more going on, and they'll try to polarize you. You know, some things are binary. Some things are yes and no, you know, uh, but a lot of things are not. They're analog. They're, you know, mushy, <laughs> right? They're gray areas. Okay, they'll use contrasts, Uh, they'll try to take all your attention, attention is a major thing. If you don't pay attention, they can't condition you, If you don't read their propaganda, if you don't listen to them, if you don't watch them, if you don't argue with them, you know, if you don't pay attention, they got nothing, right? Uh, They use cognitive dissonance, trying to get you off base to make you, that was one of the techniques to make you pay attention is to throw stuff at you that doesn't really make sense to make you, because you instinctively always try to make sense of things so if you're paying attention and they give you something that's just a little off you might be like whoa what's that deal and then now they've got you because now you're paying attention and you're starting to think about and you're sliding down that rabbit hole of what they want power of suggestion works not the same oh what the fuck camera timed out second camera the other you know i can't win with these stupid cameras went back to the sony you know The sucker cuts out too. So I don't know how much of the video we lost, but, uh, we were talking about, um, a brief summary of techniques that, uh, manipulators will use against you. Make sure we still have some audio rolling here. looks like it. Okay. So whatever works appeal to a higher purpose. Absolute authority, breaking sessions, changing values, confession, diet control, sleep deprivation, physical, mental exertion, engagement, trying to keep you busy to think, cognitive load, trance, art, singing, repetitive work, chanting, isolation, attacks on your self-esteem, blowing things out of proportion, distracting you from other elements, polarization, using contrast, taking all your attention, cognitive dissonance, power of suggestion, buzzwords, jargon, and redefinitions conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories is an interesting one because they'll use it from both sides. They'll they'll call something that's true a conspiracy theory or they'll also create a false conspiracy theory to in order to try to deceive you. So, it's a powerful tool and that's what we hear about it all the time. You're like, "Why do we hear so much about conspiracy theories?" Well, some things that are conspiracy theories are true and they're they're trying to make them ooh it's a conspiracy you know theory blah 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 it's bullshit don't listen to it and they'll also do the opposite they'll say they'll make up conspiracy theories to try to hide things like you know perhaps this uh this all this alien stuff with the with uh, those those fighters jet fighters seeing all those orbs and stuff maybe they are some new uh, american tech and you know they're pushing this alien uh thing to try to uh convince the russians and the chinese that you know perhaps the americans don't uh, have the uh, the the ultra high-tech stuff that they actually do have who knows i mean they're spending a lot of money in that military there's got to be some crazy stuff coming out of the research and development i mean unless they're just blowing it all on coke and hookers i don't know but fuck, hundreds of billions of dollars i mean research for decades There's got to be some new crap coming out, man. Not just slightly different angled or, you know, better paint. It's got to be – there's got to be some wicked tech. Anyways, going back to what we're talking about here. So, yeah, conspiracy theories, Uh, power words, exaggerations. You see this in the news all the time, you know, like uh, illogic. They use illogic, so logical fallacies. The appeal to emotions is one of the logical fallacies. Uh, They make assertions with nothing to back them up, so that's common. You see that all the time in the news – Politicians they'll just make an assertion, or, or or some in some ideological person, they'll just make an assertion, you know, whatever, you know, we are right, you know, that that group of people is to blame for what's going on to us, you know. Hitler used to do that, and now you see it like, oh, white privilege, white people are to blame for everything. Wow, really, you yeah. know. Um, faith over fact, yeah, that's that's definitely the use of faith have faith faith don't just just trust take my word trust me don't 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 worry about the facts just listen to it you have know, some just believe me you know don't believe anybody well don't disbelieve anybody we already talked about that but. <laughs> logical fallacies information control they try to limit the information or they might flood you if you have access there's two different ways here. If you have access to information that will contradict the messaging that they're trying to give you, they might flood you with a ton of disinformation to conflate things and, and mix, mix it all up. So the truth is out there. Maybe they couldn't contain the truth. So they'll flood all this other garbage out there, try to bamboozle you so you don't know what to believe. That's what we're talking about, getting buried in the weeds. You don't know the truth is out there, but they don't know. You don't know which is the truth because there's so much other garbage they've thrown out there. They've buried it in tons of garbage. So there's you could either limit the information so they don't know the truth. It's, it's the truth never got out, and then it's just whatever. But if the truth did get out, then you got the, the only thing you can do is flood uh, them with disinformation. So, so they don't know what's true, which, which, you know, especially if, if the truth sounds kind of unrealistic, you know, and usually if it's, well, truth can be pretty unrealistic. That's, you know, like the fiction writers, you know, sometimes when they write about things that actually happened, an editor say, well, this is, this is too unbelievable. And the writer will be like, well, this actually happened. They're like, well, we don't care. It's, it has to be. Fiction can't be so fantastic as reality really is. It has to be dialed back to the point where somebody will believe it because if it's something that's happened that's so crazy, you know, because a lot of you know people have you always everybody has stories about weird coincidences and things that have happened like, whoa, that was so weird. You know, and other people may not believe them because it is so fantastic. But, people, you know, if you were there, you're like, wow, that was really weird. And that's one of the things it can't be. Even if it really happened, people won't believe it. You know unless they were there so with writing fiction you got to dial it back to the point where it's believable even if something actually happened you have to dial it back or people won't believe it uh what cut me off on that yeah information incremental conversion so they might try to convert you incrementally thought stopping prepping the prepping you for objection handling techniques, inoculating you. So once they've got you sort of thinking the way they want you to think, they'll release you to the wild and you're prepared. If somebody questions them, if somebody questions you on on your conditioning, then you've been prepared. If somebody asks you question A, you know to give response B. You know, you know they're trying. They're you're the them. You're the opposite. You're the you're the not us, right? You're the outsiders who are trying to question my ideology. You know, so that's another thing. So, uh, yeah, objection. Well, yeah. Uh, so framing, you see that using the news all the time. Assimilation, mental abuse, physical abuse, uh, tension, repetition, repetition, repetition. Tension causes, is a force for change. So if you make people uncomfortable, they'll, they'll want to do, generally, they'll want to do something to relieve the discomfort so in, 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 social situations, you know, you could say things and they might just try to, they'll do whatever it takes. They don't care just to, they'll agree with you, whatever, just to shut you up or just to do whatever to relieve the tension. Cause a lot of people don't like tension in social situations and manipulators know that and manipulators will try to take advantage of your politeness, uh, or, or, you know, in a social situation to, uh, like grifters and con men and stuff, they, they, they this stuff is so out there. So, uh, sometimes you have to be assertive and, you know, ride the tension, ignore, you know, these people are creating tension to try to manipulate you. And if you're aware that they're creating tension to try to get a, a result, you know, uh, a behavioral change from you or try to get something out of you, then you can just, you know, tell the fuck off kind of thing. All right. So what else do we have here? My little notes. Um, yeah, so there's a term wetware. You know, you know we have firmware, software, wetware. Wetware is your soggy brain. In case you haven't heard that, but I mean it's pretty common out there now. So if people talk about wetware programming, it's sort of like you know brainwashing. Um. Yeah. So what are the uh, what are the two most two most powerful defenses against brainwashing? Um. Well, laughter. If you're, if you find yourself tied up in some uh, Chinese Communist Party, uh, you know, uh, prison, and they're beating you with rubber hoses, um, and they're trying to get you to do something, well, the one thing you can do to relieve all the mental anguish is to laugh. Now, that may make them beat you harder. I don't know, but uh, laughing and mocking your attacker, even if you do it in your head. So laughter is one thing it relieves all the t- this this built up tension in your mind it's it's uh, cathartic I guess so laughing is definitely a powerful thing um, you know mocking your attacker or mocking you know, the the questions or mocking whatever the mockery is, is a really powerful tool but uh, voices of dissent so it could be your your questioning or it could be somebody else's questioning if somebody's like um, like even what I'm talking about here. Oh, brainwashing! Oh, it's bullshit. Listen to the voices of dissent. This—if other people have saying everything I'm saying is bullshit, listen to them. You know, uh, don't not listen to people. Voices of dissent are important, but you need to be able to decipher the differences between voices of dissent and people trying to dissuade you. So, I don't know. I say that's what this is one of the things with for free speech. I think it's critical to have free speech. You need to have voices of dissent. Otherwise you end up with totalitarian ideological cults over and over again. Ooh. Stupid microphone. Okay, so we're still rolling. Had a technical error there. Okay, so... Mental Abuse appears wherever there's forced hierarchy. So you're thinking, okay, so where where is brainwashing? Is it bullshit? Well, I mean, you think about any time there's an abusive spouse, right? You hear about all these. It could be both. It could be women abusing, you know, crazy women that are abusing their their men. Generally, I think it's more the other way around. Maybe I don't know. I don't have the data, but uh, my uh, stereotype. My quick assessment, my bullshit assessment of the the judgment of it would assume that the men are more, but maybe they're not. Maybe men don't talk about it. So maybe it is 50-50 or maybe women are worse than men when it comes to uh, abusive spouses. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so yeah, so abusive spouses, we know there are abusive spouses. So brainwashing can occur there, you know, when you're trying to isolate people, control their values, make them feel small, you know, all these things, right? uh, abusive bosses, any kind of authorities, you know, a cop might, uh, try to, you know, when they arrest you, might try to, you know, use all these kind of similar tactics to try to, you know, be, uh, the authority over you kind of thing, or to get you to, uh, to, uh, to, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. So a cop might do this to use these techniques as well, to get you to, comply, that's the word, compliance, you will comply, citizen, or I will beat you with this dick, yeah, okay, Um, yeah, so anytime a person is trying to be dominant over another, you're going to have, you're going to see some of these techniques of uh, manipulation, brainwashing, I mean, it's, it's, of course, you know, it's not like they're, everybody's going to be, you know, waterboarded or whatever, you know what I mean? All right, but do cults exist? Yes. Do religions exist? Yes. Do partisan ideological groups exist? Yes. Now, I know a lot of people are going to get pissed off at me because a lot of people are religious, and a, a lot of people are going to be pissed off at me because they're uh, you know ideological. Anybody who's gone to any kind of social science, <laughs> women's studies, or intersectional studies, or any of that crap, you know, they're all that's that's the uh, new uh, the new brainwashing, the new religion. It's all garbage. I mean, at least religion tried to teach good things. This is, you know, generally tried to teach good things. I mean, and, uh, but this scrap they're putting out today is scary, man. They're nuts. Okay. So we could talk about Pavlov, um, sort of the start of this whole thing, whole brainwashing thing was Pavlov. He was a physiologist, he studied dogs in uh, Russia back in, I think it was the late 1800s. I can't, I can't remember the exact decade. Probably the late 1800s, I think it was. Anyways, uh, there was a, a thing where they would sell dog stomach juices, you know, some kind of holistic uh, remedy. So he had all these dogs lined up, and he stuck all these, the head of the dog standing on these harnesses, and they would stick a cut a hole in the dog's stomach and stick a tube into their stomach, and drain their stomach juices and sell the stomach juices. And uh, Pavlov would, you know, feed these dogs or, you know, the guys in the lab would feed the dogs and stuff. And so he started noticing that the dogs would salivate when the guy with the white coat showed up, who you normally feed the dogs. And, uh, And there was no food. So Pavlov had this idea, well, maybe the dog's responding to the guy, you know, the whole food thing. So then he did the famous ring the bell. He'd ring the bell and feed the dog. And then he'd ring the bell and he'd feed the dog. And, you know, after a while he'd ring the bell and he wouldn't feed the dog. And sure enough, the dog would start salivating. So this was a physiological reaction, not a psychological reaction. The dog was responding to the bell and it was expecting, its body was expecting food. So it would start salivating. All right, so you think well, that's that's pretty raunchy. Well, Pavlov went pretty dark; <laughs> he's a lot darker than this. So he was like, "Well, this is this is pretty crazy stuff." I don't know; people had different values back in the day, but anyway. So he uh, not only did he have these dogs the tubes in their stomachs and he'd be feeding them so that, <laughs> to harvest their stomach juices, he started looking into the physiology of these dogs, and uh, well. He, he made the assumption that it was a physical response. So, I don't know, man. You, you try to read a dog's mind. I don't know. But he said it was an unthinking response to a stimulus ringing the bell. So, this is where they get the whole thing with brainwashing. The whole thing about brainwashing is that it's a, a physiological response. Uh, you, you respond without thinking. I guess is the term. So you respond without thinking. You respond automatically. That's the point of brainwashing somebody is to bypass your, your rational thought to try to get them just to automatically respond. Trump is bad. Orange man bad. Right. Whatever. Whatever. Insert your your political leader here that you hate, and then uh, you know that's you've been conditioned to typically hate that guy, but maybe not. Um, so there was uh, there was a flood apparently in uh, in Pavlov's lab. And he, uh, playing with my lens cap, by the way, in case you're wondering. So there's a, there a, a, a flood in his lab. And one of the dogs, probably a lot of the dogs drown. But one of the dogs, maybe some of the dogs, he noticed a response that the, uh, the terror of, you know, almost drowning. I don't know how long they were in the water or whatever. But the dog's mind had been erased. Ooh, brainwashed. Yeah, the dog would no longer respond to any of the training but the dog was physically fine after the, after the flood, the dog was, you know, relatively healthy. It took him months to retrain the dog to the training that it had had. You know, I don't know what it was, sit, you know, roll over. I don't know what it was, but the dog had forgotten all of its training because of the, the terror of almost drowning. So that's, this got Pavlov even more interested. So he thought, Hmm, this is, this is, this is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so Pavlov thought this was this was pretty crazy about the uh, the stress and the effect it had on the dog. So he wondered, well, I wonder how I could experiment with this. So he used electrical shock. And uh he 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 uh, studied how the dogs would respond to increasing levels of shock. And you can imagine how far this guy would go considering he sticks tubes in their stomachs to drain their juices to sell. Right, so these dogs, <laughs> they're toast. Anyway, so he would use electrical shock. And uh, so the normal response is what you would expect. So you have a little bit of shock. You have a little bit of reaction. You have a lot of shock. You have a lot of reaction. So this is sort of the baseline. This is what Pavlov assumed. And that sure enough, that's what happened to the dogs. And then he found, uh, you know, when he was trying to break them, uh, he found the dogs, would their minds would break... In, uh, in three stages well four stages but the, the three stages and then the gruesome one so the the the, the stages are he, he named them here the first stage um, was called called the equivalence stage which means it, it didn't matter the strength of the shock the dog would respond equally so when the dog's mind started failing he the he would give little shock and the dogs would react and he'd give a lot of shock and the dogs would react exactly the same. So the dogs were that was the first stage when the dogs' minds were starting to go. The second stage he called the paradoxical stage, where the dogs would not respond to shock. Uh would not oh the dogs would not respond to strong shock, but would respond to weak shock. So it's like the shock was so strong that they just couldn't handle it and they ignored it. So when he would zap them with a, the, you know, massive voltage, the dogs wouldn't respond. So this is stage two. So stage one, they'd respond to the level of shock. They respond the same. Level two, they would stop responding to the high levels. They would only respond to the, the low levels of shock, the weak shock. And then things got even weirder. In stage three, he called it the ultra paradoxical stage the dog's personalities would reverse. They would become friendly toward the keepers that they used to hate and unfriendly to the keepers that they used to like. Um, so they, the assumption here was the dogs were trying anything to avoid the stress. I mean, I can't blame the dog for hating the keeper that he used to like considering they're, they're electrocuting him to this level. No wonder the dog's going to be mad at that guy, right? But... And so now the dog was friendly to a keeper that they wouldn't like. So I don't know how to explain that one, but I mean, I don't know. You, you got to be careful. These guys read into these things, but uh, this, this is his, his, uh, uh, his conclusions anyways. So then there's the fourth level, which we already talked about, which was complete breakdown. And that's when the dog was stressed to the point of, you know, death, not quite death, but to the, the very limits of death there, where their mind would erase and he would take him, you know, a long time to retrain these dogs so those are the the official three levels and then he had the, the the fourth level there which I guess I don't know if they weren't supposed to talk about that level. I don't know but so this leads to you know people thinking well if this works on dogs the Russians I should say the Russians the Soviets and their communist glory figured well I wonder if we could try this on people and the Chinese communists, I guess, were in league, and they were all like, "Yeah, man, let's try this on people, see what happens." Right? This is this is gonna be some good stuff. So you know, there's been experiments done on on, on humans, the same level. Yeah. So the, uh, I mean, psychology. I know they, they used to give people lobotomies and stuff, right? So this, the social sciences again. You know, drilling holes in people's heads you know, ooh, it's, you know, science, right? Let's, let's chop out the front of their brains, right? Lobotomies. So um, apparently if a human is so terrified to the point that the bodies don't perform uh, their stress response. So if, if, if you are so terrified, not everybody, right? This is this is the the social sciences talking here. So if, if a person is so terrified, they could be terrified to the point where their bodies don't respond to the stress, sort of like one of Pavlov's dogs there. And uh, so they apparently they use this for a therapeutic treatment for people with PTSD. They would try to get extreme, uh, extreme emotion out of people for a sudden release of their past terrors, I guess, bring them to the same level of emotional uh, impact that they were experiencing at the time of the trauma. And then try to use that, I guess, to, to bring them back or whatever. But, uh, they say, uh, apparently it's, uh, it can be used for cathartic release of PTSD. Um, and apparently it can be used for sudden conversion by malevolent forces. I don't know again, if this is true or not, but this is just the crap that I've been reading. So, uh, the, uh, now when that happens, this, that process is called the breaking session when you When you break somebody now, not all manipulation obviously includes breaking sessions, but uh this is pretty extreme ends of things when you 're using breaking sessions and that's why you think of like, uh, i'm sure the the writers of James Bond and these other people uh, have have studied this stuff or at least read about it i'm sure and that's why you see that in the one James Bond movie there he was getting beaten on the chair. And he starts laughing and you think, "Well, why is he laughing? Well, his training that totally makes sense. that's one of the things that you do if you're being tortured, one of the things you do is you force yourself to laugh and it relieves a lot of the tension right so it you know it's not a hysterical laughter it's it's a, a laughter to relieve the uh, anguish that's going on right so I think that was pretty cool to see that in James Bond. I can't remember which one it was, but uh casino I don't know. all right, so um. I mean, anybody who's done any kind of military training has heard the the expression. You know, we uh, break them down and build them back up again. Well, at least in the Canadian, I'm I'm sure the Americans had the same kind of thing, but uh, for sure. But they literally said, you know, we're here to break you down and build you back up again. Right? And that's one of the 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 brainwashing things. So, I don't know. You know, am I a different guy now after uh, basic training? I don't think so. But uh, you know. I wasn't under any extreme emotional, just physical. I mean, I don't know if they tried to do any kind of emotional stuff. If they did, it wasn't very successful. Just tired. A lot of, a lot of, well, that's one of the techniques, right? Get people too tired. So they were doing a lot of these techniques in, in military training. Okay, uh, so there's a couple guys' names here that were looking into brainwashing way back in the day. Uh, early investigators uh, were Edgar Schein. Now, these people have been demonized and, um, and uh not, not not, totally, but I've, I've seen a lot of people trying to discredit them on the internet. So anyway, so these old guys that were trying to uh, investigate brainwashing, Edgar Schein, he summed it up into three simple steps. Unfreeze the target's mind, change the target's beliefs, values, assumptions, and then refreeze their mind. In the 1920s, there was another investigator called Kurt Lewin. He also identified three stages of mental change. Uh, here his were unfreeze, transition, and refreeze. So it's ex- pretty much the exact same thing. Now people have claimed that these are just CIA propaganda. I don't know, there wasn't the CIA, wasn't around in the 1920s. So anyways, uh, so we could take uh we could take some deep dives into those guys in another video if there's any interest. Um, but the guy that brought this out of the shadows was another guy that uh, people have been accused of being a, uh, a CIA propagandist. But he was a journalist in the 1930s. His name's Edward Hunter. Um, he was an expert on propaganda and psychological warfare back in the 30s. And you think, well, really? But it totally makes sense because of the the Axis. You know, the uh, he, he specifically... He uh, reported on propaganda and psychological warfare methods used by the Japanese in the invasion of Manchuria. So the Japanese were, you know, member of the Axis, the evil side, right? In uh, 1932, they invaded uh, China, Manchuria. Uh, the it- Italy invaded Ethiopia in 1936. And uh, the German pre-war prep- preparations building up to World War II, there was a lot of these propaganda, you know, I mean, Anybody who knows anything about propaganda knows that the you know the heyday of the stuff. I'm sure today might be even more, but back then it was sort of the the starting time, the starting the early days of this stuff. Although people have claimed that other people have been doing that for a long time, but anyway. So for our experiences, this is sort of the new days. Uh, Manchuria. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the Manchurian candidate. So in the fifties. There's a story written by the, uh, about the communist brainwashing American political family to, you know, be assassins, unwitting assassins or whatever. But, uh, this guy studied, uh, POWs from the Korean war in the fifties. So he was you know around in the thirties, world war two. And then in, in, uh, the Korean war, uh, there were some Americans who had been captured by the uh, North Koreans backed by the Chinese and they had, uh, they had been uh, changed mentally. Some of them, were, you know, there's stories of them, you know, uh, making false claims that they had used uh, germ warfare, those other kind of things. So the, the the Americans were like, what's going on with these guys? Like, there's this one guy, he was, uh, you know, really patriotic. He was captured and, uh, at the end of the war, whatever, when they released him, he was like, you know, communism is good, and you know, we're wrong. You know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be doing what we're doing, and all of a sudden, he was just like totally flipped. And uh, so they're like, wow, well, what did they do to this guy? You know, what did they, they, didn't, you know. So you get the communists today saying, well, it's, it's, it wasn't brainwashing because communism is just such a good thing that they just explained it to this naive idiot. And, and now he knows the true, the true worth of communism and that's what he saw. So that's why a lot of people argue that, you know, he wasn't brainwashed, but then, you know, I don't know. I don't know the guy, I didn't talk to him, but, uh, yeah. So communism is not a good thing. It's, uh. You know, there's going to be probably a lot of people watching and saying, Oh, it is. Communism's great. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's why it's killed more people. And uh, I don't want to get into it. We're not talking about communism. We're talking about brainwashing and manipulation, which is used a lot by people who support communism, interestingly enough. And a lot of those people will deny that brainwashing even exists. And yet they're the ones that are using these tactics. Go figure. Anyways, um... Yeah, so there were prisoners that were released uh, at the end of the war, and some of them refused to go home, which is pretty bizarre. You know, you hear of the Stockholm Syndrome, where uh, you know people were uh, kidnapped by these uh, terrorists, and afterwards in Stockholm, Sweden, obviously, and they uh, they were supportive of the their their captors, and people call it the Stockholm Syndrome or whatever, and uh, it has something to do with you know the the intense trauma of you know. Um, you're thinking that you're going to get killed and then your brain sort of rewires and tries to deal with it. And sometimes they deal with it by, you know, becoming friendly with their, their captors. When these guys were really, you know, would have killed them in you know, two seconds flat, then you're going to hear people arguing the opposite saying, well, maybe they just, you know, finally got to know them. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to know the guy holding a gun to your head. Yeah. He's a great guy. So at the, uh, at the end of the Korean war, there was a few, um, soldiers apparently that actually stayed behind. They didn't want to be repatriated, so this this led the intelligence agencies to be uh, looking into it, and saying, "Well, well, this is this is pretty odd. I don't know if these guys were actually North Korean nationals, or or you know, North, you know, maybe they were. I don't know what their ethnicity was, or if that has any factor. I don't know. There's it could be all kinds of factors. We don't know, you know, but." Okay, that's probably a, enough about brainwashing. We can uh, wrap this up with a little bit. Uh, I'll read a little bit out of the manual for uh, psyops, and uh, and leave you with that. So, if anybody, uh, just to leave you with that. Um. So uh, where are we here? There are uh, psyops or operations planned to convey selected information to influence emotions, motives, op- objective reasoning. We already talked about that and ultimately the behavior of the target audience. So to accomplish this goal, the PSYOP must have a clearly defined mission, the ability to analyze and evaluate targets and their effects and reliable media transmission and a rapid ability to implement their activities. PSYOPs depend on communications to ensure proper execution of the mission and objectives This is accomplished by command and control, pre-planning, and support from all levels of the chain of command. (laughs) All right, so this is a pretty large-scale type uh, uh, operations they're talking about. Um, Obviously, this could be done in much smaller operations, you know, tactical level, whatever, and, uh, you know, in in the uh, civilian side of things. I'm sure uh, if you take a look at where the money is, a lot more money in the civilian side of things. So uh, I think this probably would be happening more with anybody who has a, an ideological slant or, or whatever. I mean, this, I'm sure this stuff happens all the time. Okay. So here uh, we'll read a little bit more. Um, the military believes non-lethal activities such as PSYOPs can be decisive in military operations. So in non Lethal activities such as PSYOPs, non-lethal activities such as PSYOPs can be decisive in military operations other than war. Oh, yeah, they they have that thing in military operations other than war. They sort of truncate it all together in one M-O-O-T-W involving the use of threat, involving the use or threat of force. Here, I'm going to say this again. So the military believes Non-lethal activities, such as PSYOPs, so they're saying PSYOPs are non-lethal, can be decisive in military operations other than war involving the use or threat of force. So force and lethal are two different things. Remember that. (laughs) So the purpose of PSYOPs are... in are to induce or reinforce foreign attitudes. So an attitude that is foreign, not, you know, doesn't mean an attitude from another land, but just a foreign, like a foreign body. If you have a knife stuck in your hand, that's a foreign body, right? So the purpose of PSYOPs is to induce or reinforce foreign attitudes and behavior favorable to the manipulator's objectives. Now I paraphrase that. The word manipulators. They, uh, I can't remember what they said there, but uh, so the purpose of psyops is to induce or reinforce foreign attitudes and behavior favorable to the manipulator's objectives. Psyops are a vital part of diplomatic, informational, military, and economic activities. So, anyone that tells you that brainwashing doesn't exist. You know, is either misinformed or trying to mislead you. So they're either using misinformation or disinformation. So that's probably good enough for today. Uh, <clears throat> there's probably more stuff, but I got sidetracked to watching some music videos on YouTube. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, until next video.